to catch some people up, if you weren't able to hear the podcast or be with us on this past Sunday, uh, you know, kicked off this month, just beginning talking about covenant and shared a little bit about what, what covenant is. And uh, some of the few things that were shared uh, in that message was, you know, I mentioned about how I believe that in the midst of everything that's going on, one of the aspects that is taking place is the disrupting of the covenants that men have made among themselves um, that hasn't been sanctioned by the Lord. And so uh, we gave the example of the Tower of Babel, you know, in that regards, how they were on one accord, but doing things to make a name for themselves. But then another thing that really came about uh, as, as a point of emphasis from the message from this past Sunday was also about renewing our hearts, renewing our hearts with a fresh sense to stand on the covenant that God has given us and that he's established and really standing upon covenant promises that are based upon his word. And so we know covenant is, is God's ideal. And so I just believe uh, that this is coming to us uh, to be a help and a strength in this season. You know, even as we sung the song uh, that we build our life upon his love and that it is a firm foundation and that we are putting our trust in him alone so that way we will not be shaken. Amen. And so that standing, that believing and trusting in the truths of our covenant and in the faithfulness of the one who initiated initiated it being God, um, it, what, what that does, that standing, it properly positions us for possession of the promises. And so we want to make sure that we are properly positioned and not out of place and not out of position in this season because covenant is still available. Covenant is still active. It's still strong. It's not something that God has changed his mind about. And so um, it's something that we can stand on. We can stand on the promises of God. Amen. And so I shared this past Sunday what I kind of heard in part, uh, but I do believe that I was giving an, addition, an additional component tonight, which I'm actually very excited about. And so, uh, you know, I was beginning to prepare, you know, I was thinking along the lines coming off of this, sun, this Sunday's uh, message. I was thinking that I was going to be going one way, but last night I love it how, how God will just begin to speak. And then as long as you just kind of stay attuned and just begin to turn your eyes towards or turn your head towards his direction, turn your whole body towards his direction. Uh, and so last night I was able to go on a wonderful journey, some things that I'd never seen before uh, as it pertains to uh, a Kairos moment now. And so uh, tonight I just want to be able to submit to you uh, some of these things. And so. What I want you to be able to do as you turn to Exodus chapter 23, we're going to start there and really spend our time in Exodus chapter 23. So get to Exodus chapter 23. And as you get there, remember that we triumph by covenant in his name. So, again, we triumph by covenant in his name. And so uh, most of the time I like to establish a little bit of context, you know, before we get into the scripture, just to give, give some people who, who aren't familiar uh, just a little bit of idea of what's going on. And of course, many of you are familiar with the Exodus uh, as far as for the children of Israel and, 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 and Moses telling Pharaoh, let my people go. And so in the midst of that release, God, God was establishing some things that we see here. God is establishing some things, some, some groundwork, some rules and some things of that nature for his people. And so uh, what Moses, what God has been doing through Moses is really been going over the laws, some a variety of, of laws for his people. And so what is taking place, it's a restoration. God is restoring the children of Israel, restoring his people, the children of Israel from being slaves to being sons. So he's restoring them from being slaves to being sons. So he's getting their, their mindsets uh, together uh, so that way they can actually be a nation, that way they can actually be a people and enter into the covenant and the promises that God has established for them. And that's important because slaves don't inherit promises. Slaves don't inherit. It's the sons that inherit. So God, so we see here. Uh, that God is establishing some things, bringing his people into sonship or into the mindset of sonship. And so here we have Moses uh, talking about some promises here. Uh, and this is what God is actually speaking to Moses. And Moses will uh, later on communicate this to the children of Israel. So Exodus chapter 23, verses 20. And I'm just going to kind of just read for a little bit. All right. 
So behold, I send an angel before you. So God, God is, is telling, letting the people know, hey, this is what I'm going to do for you as you get ready to enter into promise. That is so exciting. God's got promise for you and he's got promise for me. He's got promise for us. And so this is what he says. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Excuse me. So I believe that God is bringing us into a place in which he has prepared. Verse 21, beware of him. In other words, take notice. Be mindful. Beware. I'm reading from the New King James Version for those that don't know. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name, for my name, for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies. That's so good. And an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel, verse 23, and I'm going to pause there after verse 23. For my angel will go before you and bring you in to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and I will cut them off. And so we see here that God's saying, in essence, I'm going to send my angel before you. And so, you know, it's not only his angel, but it could have been, you know, just even talking about himself as well. But in other words, God's saying, look, I'm going to go before you and you want to make sure that you obey the words. You want to make sure that you obey the voice that you hear. All right. And then he says this, this is part of the promise. I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will be an adversary to your adversaries. And then he lists uh, groups of people, six groups of people in this particular verse that he says that I will go before you and then I will cut off these groups of people that are in the land at the time. And so the cutting off is necessary because um, over in each of these people groups that are listed here is a principality or an influential spirit. And so we're talking about the spirit that is pervading a people that God is, God is addressing here, not necessarily the natural ethnicities themselves. But I want to take a moment now to just kind of talk just a little bit uh, for those that haven't heard, uh, you know, what, what, you know, about these different people groups. But again, uh, there are some spirits that were kind of dominant in each one. And God said, hey, you know, I need to cut them off. I need to get them out of the land uh, because it's not something that is honoring me. And so you have that list here. And so the following insights that I want to be, to be able to share about the people group, um, it comes from some things that, you know, of course, I, I you know, have studied on my own. But then also I like some of the phrasing. There's this late pastor, uh, little known, but he had some very good writings, some good spiritual writings named uh, Pastor George Bela Baba, Belo Baba, so B-E-L-O-B-A-B. And so the first group that we see here, God says uh, that I'm going to bring you into the Amorites. And so the Amorites, for those that do not know, the Amorites, that name in Hebrew means sayer. It means sayer. And so spiritually speaking, what we're talking about, the spiritual influence of these groups that God is beginning to cut off uh, is important here. So the Amorites, uh, what they had a tendency to do, and when you hear Amorites, again, that's about saying, but then it's what they had a tendency to do was speak against someone and what this spirit does. Because not only is it something that happened then, but it's something that happens today. That spirit still pervades in society today. All right. So back then, the Amorites speak against someone so as to boast about yourself. That's what the spirit does to speak against someone so as to boast about yourself or to speak in order to cast something or someone else down in a negative sense. And here it also it also means to murmur against another. Or to say something in a wrong spirit. That's that Amorite spirit. That's what it does. It speaks against someone. It's, it complains. It murmurs against. It tears someone down with the words. And so it's a, per, it's a perverse spirit that creates a breach between brethren. It's a, this Amorite spirit is a perverse spirit that creates a breach, enmity. And as a result, uh, in this breach, this kind of Amorite, this divisive spirit walks in. And so... Um, it's, it's something that the, the children of Israel had to be mindful of so that way they weren't fighting against one another. So that's what that Amorite, Amorite spirit would try to do. And so uh, some people, here's a thought here. Uh, you just want to be mindful even of yourselves to not speak against, to not murmur against another brother or sister, especially if they are in the Lord. 
So we don't want that Amorite spirit pervading. And so God says, hey, you know what? This is that Amorite, these Amorite people, but then specifically this Amorite spirit has to be driven out, has to be cut off. And so this next group here, we have the Hittites. And of course, each of these are worthy of their own uh, discussion and, and ministry point on their own, but I just kind of wanted to give uh, some of us a general idea who have never heard, because uh, sometimes you hear about these ites and they'd be like, well, man, why is this so important? Because there were, again, there were spirits that were in connection with these people. And so uh, the Hittites, the Hittites were descendant of Heth. And what Heth means is fear or terror. And so what the Hittite spirit does, it brings intimidation and fear and discouragement. So the Hittite spirit brings intimidation and fear and terror. It's a spirit of terror. It's a terrorism type of spirit. And so what the Hittite spirit does, it will try to steal your faith and replace it with fear and with dread. So that's what the Hittite spirit will try to do. And so uh, the Hittite spirit tries to intimidate people with fear tactics. And so in particular, even in moments like this, it'll also try to attack when things are hard. When things, when, when the going might be a little tough for some, and then it'll try to come to bring about fear, it'll try to come and bring about discouragement in that regards. So that's the Hittite spirit. So if you feel, uh, you know, if there's the fear or terror that you kind of sense going on, just around you, not necessarily you, uh, but, you, you know, that's what the Hittites, you, you know, brought as well. And so the Perizzites, the Perizzites, actually, the Hebrew definition means belonging to a vision. That name means belonging to, to a village, to a village. And so, in particularly, what that type of village is, because it was a different type of village, it's an unprotected or an unwalled village. So it was just open. So it was an unguarded village for this Perizzites people group. It was an open country. And so the Perizzite spirit seeks an unguarded opening in your life or an unguarded moment. And it wants to squat there. So that's what the Perizzite spirit does. It wants to seek, you know, open territory. So even individually, uh, you know, you might think about uh, people that go without protection, even spiritually. And I thought that this was a key point. And again, you could dig real deep in, but just even for people, uh, one way that it can show up is for people that uh, go from church to church and just wander. And they're, they're, they're just open and then they just just pull them from here and pull them from there and pull them from that person and that person. But then there's no protection, not really submitted to a spiritual authority in man to be able to watch over your soul. And so it's, it's an unguarded soul, and that's biblical. You can go to Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 17, talk, when, when the scripture talks about how God gives people, and particularly spiritual leaders, to be able to watch over uh, your soul, to be able to watch over our souls. But that's parasite, that unprotected, that unwalled village. And so uh, we want to make sure that we're not careless and we are just unguarded in this season because, you know, uh, for, for example, uh, you just don't want to be watching any and everything just because you got the time to do so. And then you're just uh, entertaining flesh. And so that allows you, that positions you to be unguarded. So you want to make sure that you, you are guarded. All right. So that's the parasites, the Canaanites. And so uh, in connection, there's a couple of different meanings in the Hebrew for them, but it's about being zealous. But then in particularly, it has to deal with finance, the monetary economics. And so uh, it also means merchant, uh, peddler. Someone that peddles and then a trafficker. <coughs> Excuse me. And so the Canaanite spirit deals with money and is also connected to covetousness. Covetousness. And so uh, they're zealous for and all about money. And so that zealous for money and being all about money can also lead to one having dishonest scales. And being crooked and sneaky and underhanded. Let me take a drink here. <coughs> And so, of course, we know that making a profit is not wrong, but don't let money drive and control you. Making a profit is definitely not wrong, but don't let that bottom line figure be the thing that drives and controls you, because otherwise you'll begin to, to cheat. Some people will cheat on their taxes. Some people will cheat on business. They'll try to uh, hide certain things from here and there. So that's a part of that Canaanite spirit uh, that, that, that uh, is, is about that that 
dishonest with, with money. And so we want to make sure that we maintain a pure spirit in that regards. This next people group, but then spirit in connection with this is the Hivites. And so Hivites is, you know, it's a little bit similar to Perizzites, uh, but it means villager or belonging to a village. But then it, it, it can also mean tent dweller or living a lifestyle that is lived out in the confines, out of the confines of the systems of the world and in conflict in the kingdom. So in other words, it's just a wanderer, just roaming, just kind of doing your own thing in, in conflict, you know, having a lifestyle that is in conflict. And so uh, for one example, even the prodigal son that just kind of just left the covering of the father and was just like, well, hey, you know, what? I'm just I'm just going to please myself and just do my own thing. And so that's that a uh, Hivite spirit, which many people live by that spirit today. And then the last spirit that is mentioned here or the last people group and the spirit that pervades mentioned here is the Jebusites. The Jebusites in the Hebrew means this. It's a place downtrodden. And of course, I know I'm kind of going through this uh, quickly. But again, I know that you can uh, go back and listen to this because there's more we want to be able to get to. Uh, but the Jebusites means this, a place trodden down as a threshing floor from the root, a place trodden down as a threshing floor from the root. And so, of course, the word Jebusite uh, means to trod down with the feet, to trample or to put your foot on the neck of. But then it also has a connotation of pollution and defilement of the temple or to cast down or destroy, uh, you know, an order of. And so this clan, uh, many scholars would say that this clan, the Jebusites, uh, before David took over the city and, and made it Jerusalem, that they, it was the town called Jebus, that many scholars believe that that was the case. But this spirit is tricky in particular because this is something that they couldn't quite fully get rid of as far as for the people group. They didn't all the way, you know, fully obey. And so that wound up being a challenge at the end. And so uh, Paul teaches us even as it pertains, because, uh, you know, the, the, Paul teaches that we want to make sure that, that we stay pure in that regards and that we keep our own temple clean. Because here David built uh, on this city, the city of David, and Solomon built, but they still had to deal with these Jebusites, uh, you know, in that regards. And so they were a tenacious group. And so we see that here, going back to Exodus now, we see that here, going back to Exodus chapter 23, verse 23. I want to read it again. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the, Am bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Somebody just say, cut them off, Lord. Yeah. And so we see the spirits that were attached to this, and now we'll pick it back up in verse 24. You shall not bow down to their gods. And so this is God speaking to Moses, who is supposed to communicate this to the children of Israel. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works. That is so key. But you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God. You shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. These are, this, is, this is some of the promises of God. God will bless your bread and your water and take sickness from you. No one shall suffer miscarriage. Verse 26. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. And I believe that to be in the natural and in the spirit. There aren't going to be any stillborns in this season. When you come into the place that God has prepared for you. And I will fulfill the numbers of the number of your days. Verse 27. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. And will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. Meaning that they're, they're fleeing. In verse 28, and I will send hornets before you. Somebody just underline hornets. We're going to deal with that in just a little bit. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before you. Verse 29, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Thank you, God, for allowing us to increase, 
uh, and to grow and to mature to be able to inherit fully. And I, verse 31, and I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you. Verse 32, you shall make no covenant with them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. And I'll stop at verse 33. For they shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. Now, uh, again, this is the part I want to break down. And I told you to underline, you know, uh, uh, hornets. But then, of course, you can highlight covenant as well, because this is still in connection to covenant. Uh, but this is where that journey kind of picked up for me last night, uh, because I believe that it is very interesting, the terminology for the tool that God uses here. And so, number one, he says that I will use my angel. He says that I will use my angel. But then number two, he says, I will send hornets. So that's verse 28. And so it was the word hornets that really jumped out to me. And so all three biblical references of hornets, if you look up the word hornets in the Bible, it's only mentioned three different times. And so the times that it's mentioned, this course is mentioned here in Exodus chapter 23, verse 28. It's mentioned in Deuteronomy. You don't have to turn any other place. Uh, we're, we're here in Exodus. It's, it's also mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 20, if you want to look at that at a later time. And then it's also mentioned in Joshua chapter 24, verse 12, where God says that I will send hornets. I will send hornets. And so what these hornets are, they are in regards, they're symbolic. Uh, uh, it's not literal hornets in this regards, but they are in regards to God's divine intervention, his movement of driving out inhabitants of that which is promised. So if there's something that's in the realm of promise that's occupying, God said, hey, you know, I'm going to send my hornets to drive it out. I'm going to send my hornets to drive it out. So again, in these tenses, in these cases here, we see that hornets are symbolic of the Lord's authority, strength, and power here. And so the hornets were sent to drive out the people of the land or that, that attitude, that might was sent to drive out the people. And so, of course, those spirits then that we talked about of all those ites, all those ites, it's a bunch of ites, <laughs> those spirits that influence those people then, uh, they still show up today in society and they, they, they're, in, they're in and they influence people. And so of all the ites that the Lord says that, of all the ites that are mentioned, I should say, of all the ites that are mentioned, there are three that God uses in context that he says that he will specifically use the hornets to drive out. And so, again, that's in verse 28. And so, of course, he says, you know, I will send my angel to drive out these ites. But then he says, I will send my hornets. I will send my hornets to drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites and the Hittites. And so I kind of want to break this down just a little bit. And so, uh, again, the Hivites is that system of the world in conflict with the kingdom of God. And so those systems that are in conflict with God's system, God says, hey, you know, I'm sending my hornets. I'm going to send my hornets to drive them out, even for the children of Israel, uh, as he was establishing a system in them. So that way that they don't conform to another system, a mode of thinking and operating. God says, hey, I'm going to drive out that that prevailing systematic in the Hivites. So he said, I'm sending the hornets with the Hivites and then the Canaanites, that whole money, that covetousness, that peddling, that trafficking, that dishonesty with finances. God says, hey, you know, what? I'm going to drive that out as well. And then the fear and terror. And it's interesting. Uh. Uh, God will even call people that cause fear to be fearful. <laughs> so he says, I'm going to drive, I'm going to use the hornets to drive that out. Now, of course, I believe God was just kind of just walking me through this scripture here. And, you know, I have a tendency to, you know, I like being outside. I like being among the elements. I like being amongst nature. And so uh, he began, started dealing with me about the hornets, but then about the bees as well. And so we have that context with the hornets. The hornets, God uses that reference or that terminology of the hornets to be able to uh, drive out things that occupy promise. But then bees, I just started thinking about bees. Where I was like, well, you know, what about bees? And so there are three references in the Bible as it pertains to bees. 
you have that first reference uh, where it was with Samson, where it was just literal bees. And so uh, that, those were actually literal bees. It wasn't symbolic. It was about literal bees that was in the carcass uh, uh, of a lion there that he had killed. Uh, but then the other two other references are symbolic when we talk about bees. And I'm going to share why this is important. Uh, but there were two other symbols that David actually used. And so he used the terminology uh, bees when it talks about how enemies would swarm him. So again, the terminology of hornets was used to drive out the enemy. But then bees, the terminology of bees were symbolic uh, to represent the enemy that swarmed and that surrounded or bees that chased. And so those two references that David used were in Psalms chapter 118 verse 12, and then in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 44. And so the Lord, uh, matter of fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, the Lord was like, hey, you know what? Don't be afraid of those Amorites that chase you <laughs> like bees. He's like, don't even be afraid of them. And so now the reason why I believe is like, why are we talking about hornets? Why are we talking about bees, things of that nature? What does that even matter? Here's why. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, my wife, you know, she asked me, this, this just caught my attention. She asked me, she's like, babe, you know, do you, what do you want to wear? And so she just picked out this yellow shirt. So I got on some yellow and black going on. I'm dressed like a hornet tonight. <laughs> but anyways, I find this terminology significant because within the past few days, for those that don't know, in national news in the United States, media outlets began to report that the Asian giant hornet was sighted in the U.S. for the first time. Now, this is an actual physical creature, but I believe it's just very symbolic here uh, where I started just kind of, I believe, and maybe I'm just kind of way too far out there, uh, but this is what started coming to me in that regards. And so it's been in the news and some people have been afraid. There's been a whole bunch of people uh, have been afraid. And so their response is like, oh, in the world, their response is like, man, we're, we're dealing with this virus. So you got that fear, right? And now we got to deal with these hornets too. We just read about that in, in, in Exodus where it's like, you know, the people were afraid and God says, and I'm going to send hornets. Just symbolic, just symbolic, just symbolic. And so here's the revelation. So you can just Google hornet and that's going to be the first thing that comes up. They call it the giant murder, the, the murder giant hornet. But I found it interesting that at such a time as this, with everything that is going on, that they have a sighting of this giant, of this giant hornet. So in the physical realm, here, here's a connection point that I think is in the physical, I think there's some connection to it uh, as far as for the symbolic symb symbolism of what uh, I believe is taking place or will about to take place spiritually. So in the physical realm, the reason why people have been afraid of this sighting of the giant hornets showing up is because of how powerful these giant hornets are. And so it's been visually documented, even in other parts that have these, these giant hornets, uh, it's been visually documented that only 30 hornets, just 30 hornets, 30 hornets were seen decimating a nest of 30,000 bees. As much as the bees tried to do with one hornet, the hornets were just too strong. Those bees, they were trying to protect their, their thing of that nature, but the hornets just kept coming. And next thing you know, they were just decapitating the heads of the bees. They were that powerful and just boom, one by one. So only 30 hornets, they counted them, 30 hornets decimated the nests of about 30,000 bees, they said. And so again, I think the timing of this report of hornets, of a, of a giant hornet showing up in the United States in the midst of everything that's going on is, is symbolic, is significant. And so here's what I believe that I'm just submitting that even I was, I was just walking through scripture last night and in prayer. I believe in the midst of everything, God is reminding, of, reminding us of his promise to drive out spirits that have swarmed and chased us, the church, as adversaries. All of those ites, <laughs> all of those ites, all of those ites that have even dominated the lands and, 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 and psh, shucks, you even think about it, uh, the systems that have been in conflict with the kingdom of God in the realms of, in the natural court systems, uh, trying to uh, have the church compromise on our principles. Uh, even some of the financial things that have been, you know, some people are saying, well, hey, you know what, why are churches tax exempt? And, 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 and even in the natural sense, how some of the, businesses have been crooked and oppressing people and, and, and cheating. 
and then how there's been fear and terror going on. I believe again in the midst of everything with symbolism of this hornet in the spirit that God is reminding us of his promise to drive out spirits, all of those ites that have swarmed and have been an adversary and enemies against his people. And so, again, I just believe that things and declare, believe and declare that things are being driven out that have tried to impede his glory. That have tried to impede uh, the manifestation of his covenant. That have tried to stop the manifestation and the unveiling of the sons, the sons, the sons coming forth in promise. Because, again, I mentioned that son part because God was transitioning the children of Israel from slavery to sonship. So that way they can inherit into the promised land. And so uh, the enemy was trying to stop to stop their sonship, uh, to, you know, to not for them to not realize who they are. And so the panic in this world, the panic even in our nation is causing all is, is a result of all these ites beginning to shift in their seats. As they are going to be unsettled, they're going to come up off their seats. Glory to God. Now, somebody just thank God for that right now. Lord, send your hornets. <laughs> send your hornets. And so as you continue on with this, you know, you know, we can follow a sequence in scripture here. And so we, we read towards the end of chapter 23, but now go over to chapter 24 and then we're going to pick it, pick it up in verse 23. Glory to God. Exodus chapter 24, verses 3 through 8. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And so before I continue on reading that, I just want to say, you know, we, we follow the sequence in Scripture of what was going on. And God saying, hey, you know, this is what I promised. I'm going to send the hornets and this is what's going to take place. And so Moses is speaking. But then we're going to see how the people respond, because what God does, we always have to have a proper response. And then it lets us know what we see here in scripture also gives us an indication of how we can respond today. And so the key for us as believers is to make sure that we position ourselves and affirm the covenant, that we affirm the covenant promises of the Lord. We want to we want to affirm. We want to give that. Yes, sir. I understand, God, what you are saying. All right. So here we go. Exodus chapter 24, verse three. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. And he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars, according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Verse seven. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, and they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. And then I'm going to stop at verse eight. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people. And said, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. Now, man, that is so powerful, uh, even, you know, even in that. But I just want to kind of just give a, 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 a you, you know, some things that kind of jump out to me in that regard as far as for how we can respond. So, again, I believe God is saying, hey, even in the midst of going on, you don't have to be afraid. Even in the midst of everything that's taking place, know that you have a covenant to be able to stand on. That you have a covenant that I have some promises uh, for you. And so God's saying, hey, I'm going to be before you. You know, we got angelic help. We got angelic protection in, in, in anything. We've got assistance. We got him. We have Holy Spirit. We have angels. We have Jesus praying at the right hand of the Father. You, you and I, we have so much in our favor. So what do we have to be afraid of when we got that kind of favor? And so God said, hey, you know, this covenant is strong. And we see here that it's, it's not just any type of just words that God is just saying, but he's saying, look, this, this is a blood covenant. This is a sign. 
And so this was a sign then, and then in the full actuality of it, we see the sprinkling on the altar here, but Jesus was, was the full total manifestation that totally sealed this deal. And again, we talked about it this past Sunday, that Jesus is the, the embodiment and full manifestation of all the covenants, you know, all the covenants and the signs together. He embodies that. But then we look at the response that the people have here. It's three things, and of course there's more, but there's three things that you and I that we can do today uh, as that we want to make sure that we're mindful for. And so uh, one thing that we want to do, and this is the thing that kind of jumped out to me in that regards, uh, we just want to seek the Lord. We want to seek the Lord, but this is something uh, because God said that do not make covenants with those people. That was in Exodus chapter 23. He was like, look, don't make covenants with none of these ites. Don't be in agreement with none of those spirits because what it is, it'll cause, cause you to be, to be ensnared. And so uh, here's just a, 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 you know, a thought of wisdom here, a word of wisdom for all of us. We want to make sure that even in the season and even as we come out, we just want to check and do a double check before signing any contracts or before making any agreements, whether verbal or written. We just want to do a check and a double check of any commitments that we make, any partnerships. When people might hit you up on social media or other things of that nature, hey, let's get together and let's do this or let's get together and let's do that. No, we want to vet that out. We just want to do a double check. We just want to check and do a double check. Even before you sign something, uh, hey, you know what? I know this looks good, but let me just, let me just run it past. Especially for people that say, hey, you know, you want to sign this now? You want to do it because you don't want to miss this opportunity. Well, if you're not even going to give me a chance to think about it, then maybe this isn't even an opportunity I should take. So again, do a double check in this season. Just check and do a double check as far as for what you even agree to. Even with your time, even though you got more time right now, you still just want to pray because you don't want anything that you commit to that isn't worth your time or that kind of gets you off uh, as far as what God wants to say. And so here's another point with that, uh, just even relationally. Uh, uh, even when things open back up, some relationships need to remain at a social distance. <laughs> some relationships still need to be at a social distance. I know some people, some people have been in fear and in terror, but some people have like, man, you know, I've been at so much peace since I've been in this quarantine. I don't have to deal with all that drama that, other, that all them other people have been dealing with at work or in other places because of the spirits that they carry and they don't know how to deal with. So some of y'all are like, man, I'm enjoying this time. And some people are like that. So again, uh, number one, just seek the Lord uh, for, for any contract, any agreement, uh, any commitment that you need to make. Uh, because God told them specifically, hey, you know what? Don't make covenants. Don't make no agreements with these people right here. But the reason why I have to say that, because Joshua unknowingly, they got deceived and made an agreement. And that wound up being a thorn in their society later on. But the Bible says uh, they got into that agreement because they did not inquire of the Lord. So God gives the warning ahead of time, but we still have to execute and use wisdom and follow through. So that's number one. Seek the Lord. Do a double check. And number two, what we want to make sure that we are, we need to be people of one voice. We don't need to be talking um, um, double talk. We need to be people of one voice. And so, in other words, not having that Amorite type of spirit that's just... That's just complaining and, and, and just contrary to everything that's going on. We want to make sure that we are one voice and in agreement because they said this. Um, verse three. And all the people answered with one voice and said the people answered with one voice and said, so we need to be people in one voice. And so this goes for families. Families need to be united more than ever in this season. You know, one of the beautiful things that took place a few, few, oh yeah, this past Sunday, uh, my family on my mom's side, uh, many of us were able to just, this is the first time uh, that we had a reunion, so to speak, through Zoom. And so it was so good to be able to hear, uh, you know, cousins, of course, everyone's just laughing, having fun at the same time. But then, of course, it got to a moment where, you know, matriarch and patriarch spoke. And so we were all together and we were able to pray and seal some things in prayer. But we were a family of one voice. So even in your own family, uh, in your own local family, in your or in your own immediate family, you want to make sure that you contend for unity, contend for unity. 
So even for marriages, uh, uh, you know, you want to make sure that we, that you, that you and your spouse, husbands and wives are one voice that are in one accord. Here's one thing that you could even do in this season. Uh, you can renew your vows. You don't even have to have a ceremony. You could just recommit that covenant. You could renew that covenant with your vows. As a matter of fact, we have one uh, young couple in our church. They just celebrated, uh, you know, one year uh, you know, of marriage. And so one thing that I learned that they did, they actually, you know, God placed it upon their heart to just renew their vows even after one year. And I was like, man, that's just good. And it's just a freshening. And so, again, we want to make sure that husbands and wives, that you are people of one voice. And then for churches, you know, even in the midst how the enemy would try to divide and, and bring about fraction and division because we're not together uh, um, physically, we're still together spiritually, spiritually, spiritually. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we are of one spirit, one heart and one voice, the local church and, of course, the whole body of Christ as well. Uh, but even this past, uh, you know, uh, so we want to make sure that we are of one voice of, of, and of one accord. And so, of course, that goes for organizations, you know, business. And, and then, you know, we pray for our nation. We're called the United States for a reason. And so we want to pray for, um, you know, that we come to a place uh, that there's unity as we progress. So that's the second thing. We want to be people of one voice. First thing, we want to seek the Lord about any contracts and agreements and commitments. Two, we want to make sure that we are people of one voice. And then this third thing, this last thing here, as far as for affirming the covenant, this is what this kind of falls under, uh, affirming the covenant. This last thing, we want to make sure that the heart, our altar, that heart, that our response is this. All that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. That needs to be something that needs to be placed upon our heart and that needs to be something that is expressed with our words. But God, everything that you are saying, Lord, I'm committed to doing with your help, with your strength. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that I, that you are helping me to obey, to be obedient. That's one of the key things. Um, it, it never changes. Obedience is, is, is kind of just like a, a, a thread that is involved in everything that we do and how we think. Uh, but it can never be overemphasized. Obedience is never something that's an old message. <laughs> Jesus says, if you love me, obey. And so uh, we want to make sure that our hearts, <clears throat> excuse me again, that we have that attitude, that we have that disposition. Lord, whatever you say, because God will say some things uh, to you and to me that will look like, oh, my God, how is this going to happen? How is this? And Lord's like, look, don't let doubt creep in. Just have this, have this attitude, Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to do and obey. Whatever you say that we will do, we will step out and we will obey. So someone just remind yourself, just even say it right now, just say it out of your own mouth. Say, all that the Lord has said, I will do and be obedient. <laughs> That's a good word right there. All that the Lord has said, I will do and be obedient. And so, again, that encouraging thing that God is like, hey, you know, I'm going to send my hornets. And we've had a hornet that hit this land. And so I believe that there's just going to be some driving out of some things that can take place. And here's what is important, uh, because promise is absolutely necessary. The glory of the Lord has to be revealed. Now, if you might be feeling the sting of what's going on, <laughs> if you might personally be feeling the sting of the hornets right now, hey, you know what? That can be a good thing. Because God in his love is looking to drive out any of these ites because sometimes these ites try to attach themselves in our own lives. And so we want to thank God that if there's any murmuring or complaining, that you get rid of it. <laughs> if there's been anything of, you know, just trying to, uh, if you've been hopping around and just jumping around and just wandering, that you want to close, that you want to stop that. You want to get settled. You want to hear the voice of the Lord and you want to be connected even to a, a, a good local church as well. You want to make sure that you are honest with the money. You, you don't want to be uh, deceitful and, and um, like Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> when it's time to give, people are just kind of, you know, being deceitful. Or, or in, in any sense, you just don't want to be deceitful. And so some of these ites, you want to make sure that you are not in fear. And everything that we've talked about. Everything that was just even revealed tonight, uh, if you sense that trying to attach, then you know what? Sprinkle the blood. <laughs> you are covered. Just know and apply the blood of Jesus. And so you could just say, God, I plead the blood of Jesus even over my mind. I plead the blood of Jesus even over my heart. I plead the blood of Jesus even over my body. 
because there was a sprinkling. And so even if there's sickness, remember, now you can stand on the covenant where the Lord said, hey, Lord, you said that you will bless my bread and water and that you will remove uh, was it sickness from among us. That you will remove sickness from among me, that you will remove sickness from among our house. This is how you stand this is how you trust, believe, and stand on covenant in the season and know that it is sealed by the blood. But there has to be some hearing and faith to be able to make that connection. And so even in the midst of, of, of and, and again, even in the midst of, of the name of this virus, I'm not even mentioning it right now because I want the name of the Lord to be preeminent. But even in the name of that virus, it's like, man, you know what? I thank you that covenant is even over that. And again, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is way more powerful than the oxes that they were to present at that time. And so we, as the body of Christ, we have we have the blood of Jesus. And so I just got excited when I was reading about it uh, because, you know, I remembered. I was like, wait a second. There was there there was. Um, there was the hornet. And then I was like, because I remembered it wasn't this particular hornet, I don't believe, but I remember seeing a very large hornet before. And then it just drew my attention to it again. So I'm like, God, I'm, I'm just going to pray that. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are just sending out hornets so that way we as believers can step into the promise of your glory and, and, and covenant and the land, the territories that you have for us to possess because we have to possess. And so now, last thought here, just of a covenant note, because God speaks about himself in covenant. And it says this in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. He says, therefore, know that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. So God is the one who keeps covenant to a thousand generations. And of course, this is letting you know uh, it's not specifically a thousand. That just lets you know God saying, hey, I keep covenant. I'm keeping covenant. Even when men, we talked about it Sunday, even when men drift off, God's like, hey, I got to pull, I got to pull you back in. I got to pull you all back into my presence, back into what I said, back into my word. And so um, God is after the current, I believe, even in the midst of this, God is after the current and even more of the next generation with everything that's going on. And now I bring back that, that thought about the hornets and the bees, just even in the natural and how powerful they are. Because in that visual docu documentary, that little short clip that I saw, what the hornets, they weren't just after the bees. They were after the next generation. They were after the next generation. And so they destroyed the larva of the bees. And so these spirits that try to pervade that, that, that even if they didn't influence you, these spirits that will try to pervade the next generation, God said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm driving hard. I'm sending hornets so that way even not even just your generation, but even the next generation knows that I am God, knows that I am good. Because I, I was there. Even my daughters, I have school age children. Uh, they're going to look back in the history books and read about this time. And they're going to say our and say what they remember when as far as for being quarantined and things of that nature. But then I, we as parents want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was true. But also know this is how God showed up. This is how God kept his promise. Oh, but this is how God provided. See, God is sending hornets, not just for you and me, but he's sending hornets uh, to destroy anything that would try to influence wrongly the next generation. And so what we want to do as parents and, and even spiritual parents is pour the promises of God into the children. And part that. Let them know what God has promised. Amen. Let them know what God has promised. Because what we see here in biblical reference of the hornet, Moses got the promise, but it was Joshua and his generation with a different spirit that executed and walked into the promise. So Moses, they got the promise. They got the promise that God said, hey, tell this to the people that I'm going to send my hornets. But then it was the next generation, Joshua's generation, that actually walked in and God used them and, 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 and even sent hailstorms and things of that nature and warred on their behalf uh, and sent his hornets in the spiritual sense to drive out all of these, to drive out these ites so that way the children of Israel can possess. Amen. 
And so we want to be able to pray tonight. I just want to be able to pray tonight just even for that word. I know that it is sealed at the blood, but it's a little bit of an aggressive prayer just even in regards to that hornet because uh, we got promises. I've even heard some people speak of this uh, as far as for just even the body of Christ with just things economically being shifted. And, and um, bottom line, some people in the world are going to have to come up off some stuff that they've been sitting on that they've been settling on, that they're going to have to get unsettled even in the season. They're going to have to give some things up. They're going to have to turn some things over. And so us as believers that are, mature, that are mature and in connection and covenant with the Lord and being obedient to him, you know, it's just a wonderful time for us to be able to possess in this season, to be able to possess promise in this season. Amen. So, Father, just lift your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, I thank you, God, that you just be an enemy to our enemies and an adversary to our adversaries. And Lord, I know it was in the natural where a hornet has been sighted into this land for the first time. But Lord, as we've read in scripture tonight, Lord, send your hornets in the spirit, in the spirit realm, in the name of Jesus to be able to drive out every ite, God that tries to impede the body of Christ from going forward, that has been trying to impede the body of Christ from coming into possession, that has been trying to impede and stop the body and prevent the body of Christ from walking into the fullness of sonship. Again, God, I said it on this past Sunday, but we say it again, even so, Lord Jesus, come. In the name of Jesus, in your might, in your splendor, that the Father may be glorified in your name. Holy Spirit, we partner with you. We partner with you that you help us to pray, that you help prune and nurture us uh, 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 and groom us and bring us to maturity <laughs> in the name of Jesus. And we bless you, God. We thank you for the results. We thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus. We declare the blood of Jesus. And in your name, we triumph because of that blood covenant. God, we thank you for the victory. Someone just begin to just thank Jesus right now. Thank the Lord right now. God, we honor you. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the victory. Doesn't matter what it looks like, God. It matters what we know. <laughs> and we know you. And we know you, God. So we thank you for uh, just the extension uh, of your hand over our lives and even over this nation, God, now we even pray for just even the leaders, God. We pray for even our government leaders. I just feel impressed just to pray for our government leaders. Even as they are swarmed about, God, by, by bees. I'm, some of y'all know the reference. So even as they're swarmed about by bees, God, send your hornets. Send your hornets, God, in the name of Jesus to drive out every deceptive, every ite. Every ite spirit, God, that has even lodged itself up within our federal uh, uh, state, God, and even local government seats, God, unseat them in the name of Jesus. Things that pose as friends, God, but are really enemies, God, that have made agreements, God. I thank you, God, for exposing in the name of Jesus. God, so from the highest office in the land, cover and protect, God, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and we bless you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the hornets. <laughs> While other people are fearing, God, I say in the spirit, Father, we bless you. And we stand on covenant and we thank you for the victory, God, that you're driving it out. That your glory may be manifest in Jesus name. Amen. <laughs>